Theme music for the Spot Report, courtesy of Pastor Casper McLeod and Renee Truax. Thank you, friends. There's a spot for you over here. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Spot Report. I'm your co-host, Pastor Mike, and I'm joined once again today by my lovely wife and, and ministry partner, Kathy. Hey, Mike, how you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, dear. It's good to be back doing another Spot Report. Uh, the last episode, we really was an introduction, I guess, to what we want to talk about in and and this one, we were talking about um, how to find an ecclesia, a good, solid, uh, biblical ecclesia. And it's not as easy as what some people imagine today, is it? No, it sure isn't. But uh, you want to tell people a, a little bit about the emails that you've been receiving after your show with Dr. Tenpenny? Yep, I was on uh, the entire month of March with uh, Dr. Dr. Sherry on uh, one of her platforms. And we were discussing um, two of my recent books, Letters from Jesus and the Four Horses of Revelation 6, and um, talking about the modern manifestation, manifestations of uh, what those, really those three chapters, Revelation 2 and 3, as they relate to the seven ecclesias and, and uh, Revelation 6 as it relates to the four, the so-called four horsemen of the apocalypse. And we were talking about that and and I had offered to to assist uh, listeners in finding a church that teaches the Bible, first of all, the scriptures, that teaches prophecy, that teaches uh, eschatology, um, that addresses cultural issues from a biblical perspective. And it's, it's shocking to me that churches actually don't do any of those things today. They rarely use the Bible or teach through it. They may use a verse or, or a passage as a springboard to go mm-hmm. talk about any number of other things, but they never, they never actually teach the application of mm-hmm. the scriptures. I think that's a sad commentary on on the church today, but the number of emails that we've been getting is a, is a positive sign that people mm-hmm. are fed up with it, fed up with the current right. state of the church, and and they're leaving these dead apostate places for, for a, a, a search for a, a truly spirit-filled ecclesia where, where all of the things that we've talked about over the years and certainly in the last episode are being are being discussed. So I guess the question today, Kathy, is what constitutes an ecclesia that is faithful to the calling of God? What constitutes that kind of an ecclesia? So so we we want to focus on that today in this episode. Um, Proverbs eighteen fifteen says, "The heart of the prudent gets knowledge." The ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Mm. Now, how that applies in in the ecclesia today is that the individual believer wants to receive all the knowledge that the Holy Spirit wants to give us, not just on the scriptures, but knowledge in general, information and understanding 
about all things in this world in which we live. And, and the wise person says that, um, the scripture says the wise person actually seeks that knowledge out, doesn't try to hide from it, doesn't try to say that it's not important, doesn't say, well, it's not relevant. Well, let's just focus on Jesus. Let's just focus on the gospel. Um, and all of that is important, certainly, to focus on the gospel. But we're instructed in the scriptures, and this, this may surprise some people, but we're instructed in the scriptures to move on from elementary principles. Yes. Elementary yes. principles. Mm-hmm. We are to uh, to become uh, men and women of Yahweh who are who are able to chew, digest yes. meat, not just uh, suck on milk. Um, mm-hmm. And sucking on milk is a good description of far too many believers pastors, ministry leaders, and they use the excuse that, well, we really don't want to get into these areas because it'll confuse people. Well, the reason (laughs) why it confuses people is because you won't explain it. You're afraid to go into these areas. Why do you suppose they're afraid, Mike? Is it a paycheck or is it deeper than that? Is it deeper than that? Well, uh, that's part of it. Um, We live in in a day and age where there seems to be a, a, a unclean spirit of niceness. Now that <laughs> might, that might sound contradictory to some people, but it's a demonic, it's an unclean spirit that has convinced Christians and even and especially pastors and ministry leaders that we have to make sure that people like us. Yeah. And, um, what that means then is you, you can't say anything that might cause confusion or might trouble or upset someone because they may begin to formulate an objection to that. And if they formulate an objection to that and you don't kowtow to the objection, i.e. apologize and retreat, hmm. uh, then you risk them finding another ecclesia where they can be comforted by soothing words and and never come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit for anything, that's the state of affairs in which we live today, unfortunately. And I and I say that as a as a sad commentary on a large swath of of the church today. But um, I wrote a document for people. It's been uh, a couple of years now. Offered it to people. Hey, listen. Here are some. Here are some short, quick bullet points that you could perhaps um, utilize when you're searching for a, a body of Christ. And I call them the remnant body of Christ today because there are so few, so few of us out there mm-hmm. that are actually going to engage. I, I heard one person say once, "Dear, everyone wants a pastor that tells the truth until he does." Right. Yeah, unfortunately, yep. Yeah, what happens when he does is people get mad. Yeah. And then they, then they want to to up and pick up their toys and go home. That's because uh, you're not tickling their ears anymore. You're not telling them what they want to hear, but mm-hmm. what they need to hear. Yeah, yeah. And they'll even go so far as insist that you tell them what they want to hear. And if you don't do that, then there's going to be trouble. And, um, well... And that's a whole nother show. But anyway, um, here are some characteristics, folks. When we're talking about 
uh, an ecclesia that that you may want to consider becoming a part of. Um, well, the, and and the first thing you need to consider is: Has God told you to leave? <laughs> has God has God said, "Hey, uh, you and your family, if if you have a spouse and children, or or other family members attending with you, um, is God telling you to leave that?" that current fellowship, because um, guess what? God may have you in that current fellowship for a reason. And mm-hmm. it may be to, to be a light to those people in the Ecclesia that are deceived. So before you even begin this, this search, make sure that you're prayed up, make sure that maybe if the Lord leads you, then, then have a time of fasting so mm-hmm. that you that you hear, you have clear direction from the Lord because this is a serious decision, isn't it, Kathy? It sure is. I mean, you don't want to run on emotion and say, "Boy, the pastor ticked me off this time. I'm leaving." You know, you can't do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's not leading of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Because um, if you leave for any of those reasons, mm-hmm. the pastor said something that ticked me off, or he won't, he won't do this or do that. And I've talked to him a number of times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the chances are very good. If you don't approach this in the right way that you leaving and joining a different fellowship, uh, you're going to find the same issues there. I agree. I agree. It's very easy for that to happen. So it's kind of looking like looking for a perfect church. There isn't one. And if you get there, it won't be perfect anymore. Yeah. Yeah. If you find a perfect church, don't join it because the moment you do, it's not perfect anymore. Let that sink in for a second. Yeah. So, so is the Lord leading you? That's, that's the first point. Is the Lord leading yeah. you to uh, a different fellowship? And and you'll know, you'll know if he is. So what's the first thing people should be looking for, Kathy, and in your opinion, um, if they're going to look for a different church? Well, the main thing is probably going to be, is the Bible taught? Yes. Exactly. It's so easy to get a 20-minute sermonette about, oh, what the sports teams are doing in the area and how you could make that work in your own personal life. And, you know, 20 minutes later, the sermon's done and you're out the door. We want to know if the Bible is being taught there. Yes. Um, you know, and yeah. that's not something you need to take for granted because a lot of churches don't don't teach it anymore. Is that right, Mike? That, that's <laughs> that is so true. They'll use a pastors will use a verse or a passage as a springboard into any number of things, but it's not actually teaching folks what the Bible has to say. And and listen, you'll know the difference. Um, there is no substitute, in my opinion, for a a deep. I call it a deep dive into the Scripture, an expository study, and then teaching based on the scripture itself, the the text of the scripture, the context of the scripture. What did it mean to the original hearers of that? Mm -hmm. What was the author addressing as an overall theme in the book or the the epistle, the letter? Um, What were the uh, cultural markers of that day? Was there Mm -hmm. something that, that the author... So you have to understand what it meant to the people that received it to begin with. What did it mean right. to them? 
and then by extension, you can begin to to uh, to teach. Okay, so what are the applications of of these things? And what I found over the years, dear, is it's very important. <clears throat> it's very important to look at uh, the language, the original language, whether it's the Greek, the Hebrew, or in some portions Aramaic. Um, of, of the text and then understand the cultural markers then. And, and that goes a long way to explaining what the scripture a, uh, actually says. Um, and, and these principles, I think, Kathy, should be applied broadly to the entire ecclesia. So I'm not just talking about uh, the main teaching time of our gatherings. I, I'm talking about every age group Right. That that meets even in even in children's church. Yes. Uh, the reason why uh, young people are not prepared to sit and hear and and comprehend at least on their level uh, the teaching of, of of the the main teaching in our gatherings is because they're not prepared during children's church and during. Right during junior high time or, or, or high school youth time. However, your ecclesia divides that up. I can just tell you what we do after age 12, they sit in the main service. We don't, we don't segregate uh, our junior high kids or, or high school kids um, trying to give them something that, that is um, what, what is called age appropriate Mm-hmm. I, by the by, the time they're twelve years old, if if parents are doing their job at home, and the church is supplementing the parents' job at home with with equally uh, clear Bible teaching and application, then by the time they're twelve or, or out of the the elementary, you know, going junior high, high age, then they're able to sit in a service. And at least comprehend uh, mm-hmm. most of what they're hearing, and uh, if if they cannot, then those questions should be answered by their parents. Right. So, so that's a great point, dear. Is the Bible being taught? Yeah. And is is it being taught expositionally? So book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Yeah. Um, covering all of those those doctrines all of the theology the richness of the scriptures is just it's just amazing and, and and really what we've been talking about here that's what discipleship is isn't it it sure is you know i look at the time that the kids have um downstairs with the teachers while the adults are being taught upstairs and you know it's not a babysitting service it's not a hey let's take the kids downstairs and entertain them for the hour that the adults are being taught. And same for nursery. I believe that the nursery ministry is important as well. And there ought to be a time of Bible reading or playing music or something in even the nursery so that you can prepare the smaller children for the time that they head downstairs to interact with teachers. So uh, the children's ministry has always been important to us. You know, that's how we kind of started out our whole, our yes. whole ministry was uh, based around junior church, you know, yeah. and yep. so it's it's the next generation, folks. We need to make sure that they get their servings as well. Yep, yep, exactly right. Um, so after after that, if if the Bible is being taught, 
and I mean really taught, and it's being taught at all all levels. So there's an overall emphasis on discipleship, regardless of the age. And again, folks, uh, the ecclesia is to supplement what the parents are doing at home. Now, there may be some cases where parents are not doing that, and so we'll need to gently encourage that to happen and maybe even provide some resources and tools for them to do that. Yes. Um, you know, that Mike, that's, that's part of my testimony when I was growing up. My parents didn't attend church, but we had an elderly couple that would come and pick us four children up and take us to church. So we weren't receiving it. Uh, at home, but the, that's where the church stepped in and introduced us to Jesus. The church helped form our opinions about Jesus when we weren't getting it at home. Yeah, good point, dear. So when you visit these ecclesia, and listen, uh, because of the, the age in which we live and the technology that's available, it's very easy to check out a church online before you even show up in person. That's um, true. Find out yeah. they broadcast their services, and then uh, because that'll weed out a lot of them immediately. Um, for reasons that we'll cover uh, either in this episode or or the next. Uh, but if you do show up, one of the things that I always look for, dear, is is there a, a, a warm welcome uh, to that fellowship, that gathering? Mm-hmm. Um, are people uh, glad to see you? And do they express that? Do they greet you? And do they welcome visitors or or if if when you walk in and you know nobody speaks to you and you go sit down nobody approaches you nobody asks you your name and or 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 says thank you for for visiting today or you know engages you in any way well to me there's a sign there's a sign that you don't want to stay in that place because there is no there is no love no no genuine um welcome. And, and that should be the case. I, I strongly believe that, dear. That should be the case in the Ecclesia. When you have when you have strangers, uh, visitors show up, man, you need to show them the love of Jesus and put them yes. at ease immediately that they yes. would know, man, this is a loving body. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Mike, we we started broadcasting online before broadcasting online was cool. You know, we have pretty much since the beginning of this ministry of Calvary Chapel of Lima, we uh, broadcast our services. So our online congregation is every bit as big as what we have that attend our weekly services. And I got to tell you, you know, we've had several over this the past even six months, Mike, we've had several uh, couples, families that did exactly that. They listened online and they decided to make that trip. And they were received and welcomed with open arms and they've been invited to our home for meals, you know, and I think that's important. If you have new people coming into your fellowship, welcome them. You know, you want people to feel as though they're loved. You're glad they're here. They're welcome, you know, and what, what better way to do that seriously with the body of Christ? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That's a sign of health, uh, healthy ecclesia. Um, it's going to, to find out who you are and what your experience has been, what your background is, what your faith journey's been, and they're going to invite you into the, to the life of that community of, uh, of believers. So that's, that's one of the things that I would look for um, immediately, right along with uh, is the Bible being taught, because that's the important thing. Um, 
And, uh, and we've got some other points related to that because, because the Bible speaks much more, uh, than what most Christians understand and are, and are willing, uh, to accept, but we'll we'll address that point when we get to it. And again, folks, um, this this uh, booklet I created is available upon request. Um, email me cm spalding the number two cm spalding two at gmail dot com cm spalding and spalding is s p a u l d i n g cm spalding two at gmail dot com. I'm happy to send this to you for your own, your own use. Um, mm-hmm. So, so the next thing that that we encourage people to look for, um, and this is probably going to be our last point for this episode, dear, um, is to look at what kind of uh, outreach ministries mm-hmm. are there. Uh, in the ecclesia, so are they uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen through twenty? Are they going therefore? Go therefore <laughs> into yes. all the world. Um, go therefore to the nations. Go therefore, and what? Teach them, disciple them, teach them all that Christ has said and commanded. So, so is their outreach outreach ministries to to the community um what one of the things that that we do at calvary lima is that we like to go out weather permitting and um share bibles with people and what we call we've come to call or i've called and everybody else has adopted it however that has has gone but i call it the story of jesus so it's the gospels in chronological order uh and maybe We'll, we'll give people that the information where they can get these very, very attractive little booklets uh, with a leather-like finish on it. Um, you can actually get these from a ministry for free. So I don't have one sitting in front of me today, but next, next, uh, next episode, dear, I'll, I'll be sure to have that. Uh, yep, we I agree. But just going out into your neighborhood, uh, going out to the neighborhood, and uh, sharing Bibles and the story of Jesus booklets, uh, asking people, can, how can I pray for you? That's um, huge. That is huge. We yeah. have found that to be true, haven't we, dear? Yes, we sure have. Because, you know, asking if if you can pray for someone, it really puts their defenses down, you know, um, because they tend to share you know, like I said, I've worn my shirt out in public before at Walmart and people will stop and ask me, can you pray for me? Um, mm-hmm. You know, praying with someone is a huge honor for us. And we've really cultivated that at Calvary Chapel of Lima. Yeah, I, I, I remember, uh, may have even been last year, dear, that um, we went to a craft uh, festival. Yes. I think it was yeah. a, was it called Johnny Appleseed Festival or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it was in Fort Wayne and uh, we went to that with uh, our daughter, Lindsay and son-in-law, Eric. And, and um, you wore that shirt. How can I pray for you? And you had one person after another that came up to you and said exactly what you said. Yes, you can pray for me. Yeah. Um, please pray for, you know, whatever the need was. And yes. 
And that that's a very easy outreach ministry. You know, um, the thing is, though, Mike, if you're going to wear a shirt like that, you need to be prepared to pray. Because if you don't like praying out loud or in front of someone, you're going to be really put on a spot. Well, that probably is the major reason why people won't wear shirts that say things like exactly. that. Exactly. How can exactly. I pray for you? Because somebody might ask them to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got to get past that, friends, because I tell you what, we are to be sowers of the seed of Jesus Christ, sowers of the seed of the gospel, sowers of the seed mm-hmm. of um, discipleship. Yes. And that can happen any place we go. Yeah. So, well, dear, we are um, at the end of our our time for this episode. So, how did that happen we, already? Well, it goes fast, doesn't it? It does. So, why don't you share? Uh, speaking of prayer, we would love to pray for you, friends. Yes, if there is, and uh, we have prayer every Wednesday at mm-hmm. five thirty at Calvary in Lima. Every Wednesday at five thirty. Uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, yep. Calvary Lima. If you have any prayer needs, uh, you would like Kathy and I, and we have a prayer team that meet together that you would like us to pray for you over, about, then please send those. And what is the prayer uh, line email, dear? cclima.prayer at gmail.com. cclima.prayer at gmail.com. Okay, so so there you have it, friends. We'll try to remember to put that in in the show notes uh, for this episode. Um, But thank you for joining us uh, and thank you for sharing this on your platforms. And and Kathy, um, appreciate your insight and input. And um, let's 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 pray us out this episode. Okay, let's do that. So, So, Father, we do thank you for another opportunity to to chat about uh, kingdom things and to encourage your people, your sons and your daughters and the faith, our brothers and sisters. We pray, Father, that you would continue to make provision for them, for all that they have need of. We pray, Father, that those uh, trials and, and, and the situations that they're involved in that is bogging them down or or causing them worry or anxiety, Father, you would break them free from that. You would resolve those things. You would would guide them how to walk through those times, and you would bring them out victorious, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you for for, um, this opportunity, Father. We are are grateful, thankful. We love you, Lord, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time, friends, here on the Spot Report. God bless you. That's a wrap.